0: Listening to the currency welcome. I'm your host, I'm Mike Gaston, and this is episode number 11919. 119. Those of you that are loyal fans, my goodness, you've waited a long time for this one. Uh, if you're still around, hopefully, you know, you didn't uh, retire from your job or graduate college or get married and move to another country. Like everyone's life has had to go on. Uh, I haven't put an episode out since February, those of you that know. And that's terrible. I mean, as a podcaster, that's just, yeah, that's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. But here we are. It's August 1st as I record this beautiful 95 degree day in sunny Charleston, South Carolina. It's about 1:30 in the afternoon. And I just, I've been dying to get an episode out there for you. And so I thought, I've got to take some time. I'm actually taking a trip tomorrow. I want to take some time. And this is just going to be short. There's going to be no big deep topic. Just want to get caught up real quick. I do want to say at the beginning, at the outset, I am back. I had to go through a bit of a journey <laughs> to get to where I am. But I'm back, and I'll be putting content out on the regular uh, pretty much going forward. I had, I had to figure some things out, and the podcast was part of it. But I've been in this process For the last handful of years, you know, we moved down here a year ago, uh, at the end of June, actually, a year ago from New York. And it's been a wonderful move. But with anything, it can be a little bit um, disruptive, et cetera. But that's not the problem. There's just been so much change. And I'm at the phase, I'm in a phase of life, I should say, not the phase, but a phase of life where I'm trying to bring all my work together under one kind of overarching project, one mission, one idea. And the reason for that is I, I'm at the phase where you start looking and you say, okay, this thing's going to wrap up. I'm 55. You start looking out there and you're like, this thing's going to wrap up. This rodeo's going to be over. And I want to finish strong. I want to make sure that I'm doing my best work, that I'm doing what I can to pour myself out. You know, the Bible talks about, uh, believers being different kinds of vessels, a vessel of honor, a vessel of dishonor, you know, it, using this metaphor of a household, and they have these various vessels, copper and brass and silver and and, and clay, if you would imagine. And, uh, and the writer's just encouraging believers to be a vessel of honor, be a vessel that's used for the highest purposes, be a good vessel. And so that's where my head is at right now in this life. I'm thinking, okay, I'm 55, you never know how much time you have. You could, you know, I could go to sleep and not wake up tomorrow, or I could have another 30 years of of productive work. I don't know. And so I want to make sure at this stage that I'm just doing my best work possible. I want to be able to lie uh, (laughs) on my deathbed at the end. It's very morbid. Welcome back, everybody. I want to be able to lie on my deathbed and think and say I did the best I could. Doesn't mean that my work has to change the universe that's God's job, but I want to be a vessel of honor, and I want to do my best work possible. You get to a certain stage as well, I think, when you you build experience, you build competencies, uh, and you want to bring those things together. So part of the reason I kind of went silent on the podcast, I back in February, I, I did this one episode that was really good. I was very proud of it. Uh, and then I jumped from that into this—I um, was going to do a series on—, on <laughs> on uh, the New World Order. And it was interesting from a historical perspective. You hear New World Order, you think of Alex Jones. And Alex is great. Like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, dunking on Jones. But you hear Alex Jones, you think of these, like, oh, this conspiracy stuff. But when you just do some cursory research, I mean, yeah, it's real. <laughs> and a lot of the tenets of this group and, and this movement, if you will, it's a real thing. And it starts way back, actually, you know, pre-Enlightenment. So uh, I was interested in doing that. I think I did maybe two episodes on that, and then I, I sat down. And I, was, you know, usually record these every Sunday on the weekend, and I just was like, ah, I just don't have it. Like oh, I'll give myself a day or two and you know pull it together, but I just couldn't. Like it's sometimes it's hard work. You're creating something out of nothing. You would think, hey, getting behind a mic and just talking is easy, and on a certain level, it, it absolutely is. I, I'm not trying to make this sound like I'm. I'm uh, doing a heavy load here. But on the other hand, you know, when you're trying to dig a little deeper, it can be challenging. And so I gave myself a day. That day turned into a few days. That day turned into a week, another couple of weeks. I just kept pushing it out. And eventually I just said, you know, what? I need a break. Now, I should have got on you know, the show and just let you guys know, hey, I'm going to take a break for a while, but I just disappeared. And God bless you guys. I mean, you folks that listen are just amazing, amazing. Like so many people reached out just to see if I was okay. Hey man, are you all right? Like I haven't heard from you in a while. Where are you? And it wasn't selfish. I mean, there there, definitely there was a lot of like, I need this. Like I need you to put this podcast out. I love it. And I, and I'm, but I gotta tell you, I'm so touched by that. You have no idea what that means. When you create something, I'm sitting in a room by myself uh, in my home office, I'm sitting in front of a microphone and I'm jabbering away and it's like, okay. But to know that there's an audience out there, people that care, that listen, that pay attention and not just listen, like tell me what to think, but but like pay attention, it it matters to them. I don't know how to explain it. It just, it's really touching. It's humbling and uh so many of you folks reached out. So I want to first apologize. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry that I disappeared like that. And uh, I want to thank everybody that that thought of me, that prayed for me, that sent me a note here and there. It just, it really, it really was encouraging. And so I've been wanting to get back behind this mic for a while, but I've been trying to tie up some loose ends. And as I was saying at the open here, I've been working on pulling my work, the various things that I do under one umbrella, And I'm just going to share a little bit around that. I'm not going to get deep into it. I don't have a ton of time. I've got to jump into a meeting in a little bit here. But I want to get this out there to you to say hello and uh, to let you know that I'm back. So specifically, you know, and I've talked about this on various occasions across a few of my platforms, YouTube and so on. Uh, but I've said, Hey, you know, I do these different things. Like I do strategy, con- strategy, marketing, branding, consulting, typically for, for not, i um, sorry, for privately owned companies. Uh, you know, I've got my YouTube channel. So I put videos out on that. And that's been all kinds of different things. I've talked about strategy and pricing and entrepreneurship and branding. Then I have an email list that I send out to, by the way, if you're not on my email list, you should sign up for that. Just go to my homepage, just go to Mike Gaston, M-I-K-E dot com, and there's a sign-up form on the home page. Just sign up, and you know, I send an email out once a week, once every two weeks. I kind of like this podcast, a little sporadic from time to time. I share some thoughts, etc. And then, you know, I've got the podcast, and so I've got these different things that I'm doing, And it felt like to me, each one had almost a different audience and a different focus. And I was sitting there thinking for years, I'd like to pull this together. But this last year, and especially these last, you know, uh, six to eight months, it it just became acute. It's like, I really need to get this figured out. Probably actually right around, say, Christmas time last year. So we'll say eight, nine months. It became very acute, this sense that I've got to pull these things together. And the reason being is I feel spread too thinly. And what happens is, at least for me, uh, because I'm no Elon Musk, um, I don't spread well. Like I've got to focus, I've got to be a little focus Because when I spread, I just do a lot of things, you know, kind of good, <laughs> kind of well, and nothing exceptionally well. And and I've been compelled. Like I, I want to do great work. I want to put my best work possible out there. So what I did, I've kind of had a two track. Uh, process, if you will, not that I'm following some prescribed process, but just, just two track effort. One is like, well, how can I pull things together? Like, is there a unifying concept or theme that could undergird or overarch or however you want to think about all my work? You know, does it fall into a certain category or bucket? And then also, I need to work on my creative process because I need to be able to put out more work and I need to put out deeper work. And so if I can unify everything under kind of one concept or one mission, I think mission is a good way to say it. And if I can dig a little deeper into my creative process or just the creative process, uh, then I think I'm going to be in a really good position going forward. Now, I'll talk about the creative process. First, And then I'll go back to this idea of a, a unifying mission and we'll kind of wrap up on that. You might think like creative process, like, what do you mean? You're talking about like, what steps do you take to write an article or, you know, how do you research a project and then make your bullet points and then, you know, record your video? Is that, is that what you're talking about? But yeah, kind of, but, it. but the deeper I got into this, the more I realized there's, there's a whole nother component to creativity that I think we often will take for granted Like, how do we have creative ideas? How do ideas come to us? And a lot of the best thinking, now, when you get into creativity and you get into problem solving and, you know, making things, a lot of the best solutions, a lot of the best kind of innovations, a lot of the best ideas, et cetera, come from some type of synthesis, meaning you're taking two seemingly unrelated things or more than two, but you're taking things that are unrelated and you're finding a new way to bring them together. And there's, a, there's an insight, there's a vision, there's an aha moment. And, we, and, and I think everyone's experienced this aha, it's like you're just doing something, all of a sudden you're like, you know, Eureka. <laughs> like this in the old days, uh, you know, like Thomas Edison, Eureka. Um, you just have this kind of insight, this flash. It's like lightning strikes and you have an idea. And, and the question then becomes, well, I should say this, you know, that is the genesis. That's the beginning. Something was a, a creative idea was generated. You had an insight. Now you have to take that thing and make it into something. And that's where that process we were talking about a minute ago, like, well, how did, what's the process? What's the discipline? Well, you know, I sit down, I write 500 words a day and, you know, like people have their little processes, but people don't talk about that front half, which is like, how do you have ideas? And I've been kind of working on this for a few years now. So this isn't like brand new to me, but I've been trying to say, let's go a little deeper and formalize this because really the work that I want to do is all kind of generated from or founded on ideas and insights. Even the consulting work I do right now is based on insights. You have a client problem. You know, you go through processes, you do exercises, you do research and so on. And you're looking for an aha moment. Like, how do we solve this problem? How can I help you build a better strategy? How can we solve the problem? How can we develop a new product and so on? So I've been able to do some really amazing work. And I'll unpack some of that as we go through the podcast and future episodes. But there's really something fascinating. There's these kind of three phases, if you will. There's a generative phase. There are things that you can do to help the generation process. You can't have creativity on demand. You can't demand a vision. You can't demand insight. You can't just sit there and say, I need an answer now, and your mind just magically delivers it. Oftentimes, there are things you have to do to create the environment for the idea to come to you, but you can't control it. You have to just do those things and let your mind do what it does, and it will then surprise you (laughs) when you least expect it. It's kind of like when you meet somebody that you've known before, you've met them before, you see somebody, I should say, and you're like, oh, I can't remember their name. And the harder you try to remember the name, the further away it goes. As soon as you stop trying to remember it, you know, like two in the morning after you got, got home from that dinner party and you're, you know, you're lying in bed uh, and you're like, oh, of course it's Samantha or Tom or whoever, it just comes to you. And that's your mind doing its thing. It, it will not perform on demand, that, create, that creative problem solving. The second level is the permissive. You get the generative, the permissive, and the translational. The permissive is not so much what are the things you do, meaning you know, you read books, you research, you study to create this kind of environment within which the creative act can happen. But there's the permissive piece, which is what am I attending to, but also what am I not attending to? Can I make... Can I create an environment that is permissive for creativity? And you might be thinking, what are you talking about there? But for instance, think about things like social media. If you're constantly inundated with just useless information and noise and distraction, it's very hard for your mind to do that deeper creative work in the background. If you're just watching the news, you're constantly outraged about... The libs, or the, the the Republicans, or Trump, or you know, take your pick. You're just wound up about that stuff. You're scared, witless about COVID and whatever monkeypox and whatever next thing's coming. You know, you're stressed out about uh, you know summertime being hot. Must be climate change. You just all these things. You're distracted and stressed and upset. And then you're looking at things like social media. You're never you're never quiet. You never go for a walk. You don't live in the physical world as much as you probably should being a physical being it's very hard to be creative when you're just ingesting and overwhelmed with with entertainment content and outrage that's just an example i'm not saying that's the only but like so you want to create a permissive environment in your soul in your mind in your heart so that you can do what you are designed to do we're all designed to be creative on one level or another and then lastly is the translational. That is that piece where you're translating the vision that comes to you, the idea, the insight into a piece of work, a piece of music or, or, or uh, an essay, a video, podcast, so on. So I've been spending a fair amount of time and I'm kind of excited about what I've been learning there and what I've been able to apply. So that's the one kind of track. The the more, I think, relevant track for today's discussion um, is this idea of the overarching, is it overarching or overarching? I don't know. I kind of need, I, I, I an engineer here where I can like, Hey Bob, what is it? And then, you know, get a voice off from the side, but, uh, overarching, I'll say overarching, I don't know, or under kind of foundational underlying mission that, that ties everything together. Now, back in two thousand and eight, uh, I owned a, a, and before that i had been I was an owner of a a design group, a creative company and you know I had a handful anywhere you know I think it was anywhere from like seven to fifteen employees at any given time. We kind of go up and down depending on the economy and the accounts and so on, but a handful of really lovely people designers and illustrators, writers, videographer, a programmer had an admin uh, person joanna she's a lovely woman and just a great group of people what a blessing to 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 work with these folks uh, but you know 2007 came along things started looking a little rocky 2008 2009 hit and we were just murdered i mean the company you know people people don't when when the economy crashes everybody's th- talking recession right now but back then when the economy takes a dive You know, marketing, advertising, design, all that kind of stuff gets hit first. A lot of companies are just like, look, batten down the hatches, get rid of all the stuff that's that's superfluous. Um, Now, you know, the marketing people argue, well, we're not superfluous, but, and they they have a good argument. Like if you're a good revenue generator as a marketer, then yeah, you're not. But uh, people just, you know, big corporations, we had big companies, you know, Wegmans Corporation, multi-billion dollar business, uh, Fisher Price Toys, Mattel you know, Kodak, all these guys, they just, they just drew down hard. Okay, fine. So that was brutal. And at the time I was just terrified. It was just a really difficult time to navigate. God taught me so many great lessons, but the, but the, the the word I'll say, or the image that just kept coming to me and has stayed with me for, you know, over a decade now we're in 2022 and it's still with me so that, you know, let's say 2008, 2009, all the way to 2022, the kind of image was the story of Peter and the apostles in the boat, the disciples at the time, they weren't the apostles yet, they would become the apostles, but they were in the boat and and the boat was, was being rocked by a storm, just, you know, and I think Jesus is walking across the water to them and they look out and they're like, it's a ghost, you know, they're terrified. Like, what is this thing? Oh, it's the Lord, the master's coming to us you know, in the midst of the storm and, um, and I might be, I'm conflating my stories about the storm and all this, but long and short of it, Peter sees Jesus out in the water and he's like, I want to walk on water too. And Jesus says, step out of the boat. And Peter does, he steps out of the boat and initially he's walking on water. He's, he's walking to Jesus on water and the waves start splashing around him. And uh, I, by the way, (laughs) I'm conflating stories because there's the one where Jesus was in the boat with them, the storm. They're like, don't you care? We're going to die. And he's like, you know, he just commands the the waves to stop. And they were terrified. They're like, wow, what kind of power does this guy have that he can control the sea? I mean, anybody's been to the sea. It's pretty powerful. Peter's walking out on the water. Waves are starting to splash up against his legs. He gets scared, looks down and starts to sink. He takes his eyes off the Lord. He starts to sink. And the phrase, the kind of concept that has just stayed with me for 12 years or more Uh, 14 years is step out of the boat, step out of the boat. And I believe I'm confident uh, and, and I don't think that I've been unfaithful all this time. Like I just won't do it for 15 years. You know, I think this has been a process, but I think it's God challenging me to continue. And I've, I've stepped out of the boat a few times. We keep stepping out, but it hasn't gone away. It's not like, okay, you did that. Let's move on to the next thing. I think God's saying like I need you to have courage. It takes courage to step out of the boat. It takes faith to step out of the boat. When you're in when you're in the sea, I'm not talking about a pond. It's not a matter of like I might get wet. You you get pulled into the sea, you'll die. There are undercurrents, undertows, I mean, there are waves, there are sharks, there's all kinds of stuff that will do you in. And human beings are not designed To be water creatures, we're not designed to thrive in the sea. We've created crafts, boats, sailing, submarines, scuba gear, technology, and all this stuff so that we can thrive. But we can't thrive in the water without assistance of some sort. Artificial assistance. So to step out of a boat means you're leaving all that behind to cast yourself at the mercy of the power of the ocean. The power of water. And you look into kind of historical, like some of the scripture, et cetera, like, you know, the, there's the 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 deep dark sea Leviathan coming up from the dark chaos, death. You look at the world before God, you know, created the world, it was formless and void. You know, there were great dark waters, there was no light. I mean, just the, the imagery, the powerful primal imagery Uh, of the, of the sea of stepping out into the sea. So you leave the boat and you're going to walk on water. So it's, it takes a level of courage. And I feel like the Lord's been challenging me. I'm just being, you know, uh, honest with you guys. You have to step out of the boat. Yeah. You're doing consulting. You do great. You make great money. Your clients love you. If you wanted to, you could spin up a consulting group. You could have multiple people working for you. It could be like, you know, you know, we could be a $10 million business. You know, I, I could do that. I don't mean that that would be easy, But at this stage of life, with my experience and so on, I could do that. I could build that. But I think God's challenging me to do something bigger, something deeper. It's not big about the money. It's something more important. And that's what I want. I want to spend my life in that way. And so that's what this is about. I've been, over the last handful of months, trying to come to terms with, A, what does it mean to step out of the boat? And B, do I have the courage to do that? And I guess I would say, C, then how would I do that? And I believe that I've come to an understanding of what it means to step out of the boat. I think I've come to an understanding of do I have the courage? Yes, I'm willing to do what it takes. I don't care. I'll step out of the boat. And right now, at this very moment, uh, you know, in, in this point in time, I'm working out specifically, well, what does that look like? How do you do that? How do you do that? And over the next handful of weeks as I put the podcast out, I'm not going to do a series on this. I'm not going to sit and say, well, let me tell you what this means. and that. I think you're going to see it. I think you're going to see it in my work. Now, th- podcast listeners are probably going to feel a little bit like this isn't a massive change. But I think consulting people, I think the types of articles and essays that I'm running, the types of videos, when you bring these things together, I think you're going to see a whole, something greater than the sum of the parts. And uh, I think that's where it's going to become apparent. The other thing I'll put out there as I wrap up here is, yeah, I've got a lot of these kind of like the missional piece. I know what it means to do great work. I've got the creative process, a lot of that stuff figured out on a certain level. I also understand that like this great work. I don't have I don't have an end goal. Like and, and for that reason, I'm announcing my candidacy for the United States presidency on this <laughs> podcast. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, no, I don't have a goal like that. I I I know the type of impact I want to have. I know the kind of work I want to do. And I know, you know, the nature of it and who I want to do it for, for the most part. But there's a piece of this too, where I I feel I'm just being challenged. Like, hey, look, you've got to be true to who you are and who God made you to be. You have to bring the best of yourself to the table. You have to every time, every piece of content, strive to do your best work, strive to do your best work. And if you're able to put out a fair amount of content and you're giving it your best, you're bringing all of who you are, not just marketing Mike and not just political commentary Mike and not just, you know, theology Mike, but you're bringing all of who you are to the table. If I can do that consistently enough, I know that over time an aspect of this will emerge. It will come together and be much more clear both to you and to me. I mean, there are things about this that I don't know. Like I'm like, okay... I don't mind consulting still. I like doing the consulting work. I have an idea of how I can maybe shift that work into, you know, focusing more on continue to work with privately owned businesses, but also work with conservative organizations, organizations that are oriented towards the institutions, the mediating and mediating institutions. And, um, and towards human uh, flourishing. If you hear a little bit of noise, somebody's just fired up some farm equipment. Not really, but somebody's fired up some, some lawn mowing equipment across the street. Uh, so I know some of that stuff. But, but at the same time, um, I don't have it all figured out. Like, how am I going to pay the bills? I don't know if I'll keep consulting, if there would be other revenue streams. We'll figure that stuff out. For now, I'm going to be focused on bringing my full self to the table uh, and and I'll be sharing more about this mission as I'm able to articulate it more. Uh, but I hope that it would become apparent to you and to me as we go through this. Guys, I really do appreciate you. I appreciate every single one of you. I know folks have probably dropped off just because I've been gone for so long. I'm back. Um, I'm excited to kind of dig in. I've got a good understanding of how I want to use each platform towards this goal. And uh, like I said, thank you again so much for the encouragement and, and, and for your desire to see me do more work. That means a lot to me. That's a great motivator. So guys, I got to say this because I mean it. I love you all. Very grateful for you. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you so much. And I will catch you in the next episode.